0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, good news for Tesla fans in the UK, China, and Canada, all for different reasons. Plus, a Tesla owner who's quite well known in the business world holds his own in a CNBC interview. Tesla's annual shareholders meeting is dated and more. Howdy, friends. Welcome to episode 196 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for May 5th, 2019. I'm flanked by a whining and crying Daisy the Boxer Puppy. I think it's because I've got the door closed and she can hear my wife outside (laughs) working away. And she's like, I want to be with her, but it'll be a lot less distracting if you're in here, Daisy. Well, I have to say, literally anything feels like a slow news week compared to last week i really genuinely think looking back on it that last week was the single busiest week of tesla news that i've ever seen since i've been doing this podcast which is now eh, almost four years we're getting close to that and i'll tell you that's saying something because the actual slow news weeks for tesla are few and far between uh, on the plus side when I was doing my notes and preparing for the show this week this week felt like uh if you've if you ever played baseball at any level from you know little league on up when you walk up to the plate when you walk up to bat after swinging your bat in the on-deck circle with the big donut weight on it it, it just felt light and easy this week I was like oh, okay only uh seven smaller stories no problem because that's i think that's what i've got lined up to talk about this week but yeah plenty to talk about so let's get started and uh, first up is excellent news for the uk as those of you who are in the uk have probably already heard and likely been emailed about and many of you already placed your order yes model 3 orders for right-hand drive cars in the uk are now being taken as promised by Elon last week. The initial delivery estimates are June, which means, thinking about it here, that Tesla is probably going to be doing a big run of right-hand drive cars for at least a week or two this month, here in May. And then that'll mean that the car carriers that I regularly see heading north up the US 101 freeway towards san francisco towards the shipping port there in fact uh just tonight i uh went to dinner with my wife down uh, down the peninsula and just saw more i probably saw two or three of the the car carriers loaded with uh with model three well just all all types of teslas but particularly model threes and they had the wide light the wide rectangular license plate brackets uh, you know, sort of placeholders on the back, which tells you that they were either going to Europe or China or, or a mix of both. But, uh, yeah, I, I suspect those carriers that I'll be, that those of us in the Bay Area will be seeing, continuing to see regularly probably in the next couple of weeks if, we, if you're maybe able to look closely. I'm sure somebody on Reddit will photograph it. You'll be able to see right-hand drive cars, see that steering wheel over on the right-hand side. So... Um, yeah, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Hong Kong. If you guys are out there in my audience, as Elon said, you guys are next and, and should be very soon. So it sounds like I my guess would be that they'll do a, a run of initial production for the UK and then maybe uh, while they're all tooled up for the right-hand drive production, maybe do a, a run of each of those other four countries as well. So... Good stuff. Good stuff coming for those of you who've, uh, really you've, I mean, you right hand drive reservation holders, you've all been waiting the longest, longer than even the standard battery customers. The, the RHD cars <laughs> have been the last to come. Uh, and, and I, you know, I've, I feel for you guys, it's been over three years and it's going to be, but just a little while longer. Here looks like summer 2019, well, summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. Australia, I know, is a different story, but glad to see that you guys will all start to get your Model 3s very soon. Next up this week, the annual Tesla shareholder meeting date has been announced. It is typically in uh, early-ish June, and it's just about there once again. It's going to be held on Tuesday, June 11th at 2.30 p.m. Pacific, at the very same place that it typically is the computer history museum located in mountain view california which is not too far from tesla's palo alto headquarters they're going to be voting on eight proposals none of which are particularly sexy at all uh we in the same way that you remember a few years ago there was the solar city acquisition and even none of them that are controversial either so i'm going to spare you reading them all because your time is very valuable so all of that should be a matter of procedure. It will be live streamed, but I'll tell you this, if you own even a single share, I and you're in the Bay Area or plan to be here, um, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend making a trip for this, uh, but it is, if, you, if you're in town, if it's convenient for you and you're a shareholder, I would encourage you to go because, uh, you know, I haven't been to one, I'm not a shareholder, but I watch them every year. You know, you you can get in with just one share. You have to show proof of that in order to gain admittance. But you can get a chance to ask Elon a question directly. You know, they have people. You get to line up, and and if they can get to you, they'll they'll take your question. Uh, and it's a cool opportunity to to ask Elon something directly. In years past, there have been. I like to be positive on this show, but there have been some questions that have been asked of Elon that have, shall we say, maybe not been necessarily the best use of that venue in that time. So it's a, it's a little bit of a dice roll, but you do have an, the opportunity to ask. Uh, I know you guys out there would have good questions. So you've got a chance for that. Now, if it's like last year, they'll also take questions for consideration ahead of time, Via Twitter, I would I would expect that call out to happen, maybe about a week beforehand. If they do it again, like they did last year, last uh, last year, if you if you may happen to remember, I was able to sneak one in that way last year via Twitter. Obviously, you don't have to be a shareholder to to get a question through uh, to uh, to Tesla on Twitter. Also, note if as just a further incentive to maybe go if you're if you're you know reasonably in the area, the white Roadster. Uh, the mule, the, the rolling mule prototype was sitting out in front of the event last year. So if you've never seen it, if you'd like to see it, that could be another incentive to attend. Although there's no guarantee that they'll, they'll bring it again this year, but there's no reason to think they wouldn't. I mean, why not? It's, it's fun for, it's fun to have out there. It's fun to see. They did it last year and the car is still not out. So why not have it again this year? I will be that week Uh, down at my annual E3 conference, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is the big trade show every year for the video game industry. So I'll be down in Los Angeles that week, so I wouldn't be able to attend anyway, even if I were a shareholder. But I'll be doing a regular show that week, uh, and I will have all the highlights for you, as usual, as as I always do my best to do. Now, speaking of shareholders and Tesla stock... You may have heard about this this week, CNBC, which is a network that covers the financial world, for those of you who may not be familiar with it, which I'm sort of looking specifically at those of you maybe outside the U.S. that that, uh, might not have access to it or be familiar with it. CNBC has a track record that I, I think is fair to say maybe not the kindest to Tesla. Well, this past week, they had a segment with a gentleman by the name of Chamath Palihapitiya. He is the CEO. I hope I th- I'm pretty sure I got that right. I had to go. I had to go and look up other YouTube videos that said his name. So I, <laughs> I wrote down a pronunciation key for myself in my notes. And I think I got, I've, I've got it correct there. Uh, all due respect, Jama, if I hope I got that right. Anyway, he's the CEO of Social Capital, self-made billionaire, big guy in, in Silicon Valley, uh, to the extent that he is part of the ownership group of the Golden State Warriors so he's in on that he's he's got himself a, a couple of rings anyway uh, i wanted to play this clip of of Chamath on CNBC this is the unedited segment that i'm going to play you now and i'll talk about that in a minute obviously you can you can expect <laughs> you can guess what's coming but this was on a show called the Fast Money Halftime Report. The host's name, the the other gentleman you're gonna hear on this, his name is Scott Wapner. So take a listen to this, see what you think. It's about eight minutes long. I'm gonna play this and then I'll come right back and talk about it for a minute. This is, uh, I think this is just very, very interesting and very almost um, maybe enlightening in some ways. So here
1: you go. Let's talk about Tesla. Okay. What was it? More than two years ago, you're at Zone. You you pitch the converts. Converts. Yeah. Where are you with those today? And then I want to talk to you more broadly about that company. So
2: if you if if you if you take a step back, right? Um, if I asked you to sort of, you know, um, attempt to drive a golf ball off the pier here into um, a teacup, and gave you a million tries, I suspect that in a million times you would not be able to do it. Um, but. If you then took somebody else and they were able to do it nine times out of ten, you'd say, wow, that person is a great golfer. The analogy that I would make is Elon basically did that equivalent. He was able to send a rocket into space, (laughs) do all kinds of interesting, enormously productive, useful things for the world while in space, and then come back down and land on a boat in the middle of the ocean. The kind of technical sophistication that he has in his mind that he's been able to apply across his companies is second to none, quite honestly. So when we looked at Tesla, what we thought was a company at an inflection point that was as close to a its version of an iPhone moment. And what I mean by that is a company that had been growing up, taking risks, and had finally found the mass market product that would unlock an enormous amount of product market fit. And that was the Model 3. And so far, what I would say is he's living up to what he has signed up for, which is to commercialize electrification, to commercialize an incredible user experience at a price point that has, frankly, cannibalized its competitors. And what you see in the results, in my opinion, is a company that is now maturing under all of that demand. And so, again, is it the best-suited company if you want to drive and observe quarter-over-quarter precision and performance? No. But if you want to take a step back and take a three-, five-year view and say, where can I compound my money? And particularly with the converts, what's so beautiful is it's downside protected because it sits on top of all the equity and the other debt. And so if you have any concern that there's liquidity issues or if you have any concerns that the company may have to sell, they get paid first. So to me, it was a riskless option on the Edison of our generation.
1: But you weren't, you're, you're, you, not, you weren't necessarily comfortable enough with the story to buy the common stock. The, re- the reason is
2: because the common stock is not controlled, unfortunately, enough by him or the insiders. What it's controlled by are a bunch of vulture-like venture and hedge funds, mostly hedge funds, who like to prey on that company. If you look at, for example, the Twitter traffic or if you look at the forum traffic around Tesla, the amount of hyping or under-hyping, the amount of sniping is enormous. All of that signals to me that it is a market that is out of the control of the founders and the executives and firmly in the hands of financial manipulators. Well, come on. So I mean, my I, perspective
1: is buy the bonds, you're protected, and allow Elon to execute. Isn't the founder and his actions responsible for a lot of what you're talking about? Well, all I see,
2: frankly, is that he has tried to execute to the best of his abilities. He puts out aggressive numbers. He tries to meet those numbers. Sometimes he misses those numbers. What would you but rather
1: have? often ha- he misses the numbers.
2: But that's okay because in the course of the year or in the course of the five years, if you take a five-year step back and say, what has he promised in 2014 to what is he doing in 2019, you'd be ecstatic. Similarly, if you take a step back and say from 2019 to 2024, let the man do his job, will we be better or worse off as a planet, as a species, as humanity,
1: as consumers? We will be better off. And no one debates his his genius. It's it's lauded, um, celebrated. It's the fact that he the way he runs his company. You're you're comfortable with with that? If you're an investor in in Tesla, you're 100% comfortable with the way he is a CEO? Yeah. Yeah. None of the actions that he's done over the last year uh, or so give you pause but at what, all?
2: What like what do you mean? Meaning the Model 3 is an incredible car. I just bought one. It's incredible. I bought it. The oh, way that funding was... secured? I mean, what was that? Okay, maybe he stepped out of bounds. My point is, you're getting caught up in the window dressing. I'm focusing on the main course. The main course is on the table. The choice for you as a buyer or a seller of that stock is, do you want to eat it? If you get caught up in all of the stuff around the edges, maybe he may mistweet from time to time. My point is, who cares? Your job as a smart investor is to separate the facts and the news from the fiction and the noise. And all of that stuff doesn't matter. It does not change the fact that tens of thousands of consumers are buying that car faster than they can get their hands on it. It doesn't change that the minute you sit inside that car, your definition of what is expected is altered forever. And you wonder why every other car around you that you ever step in, that you may buy, doesn't have the same things that that car offers. So at the end of the day,
1: whether you like his style or not, his substance is irrefutable. Sure. But I I walked down the street here in San Francisco the other day. I see a a billboard for the new Audi uh, electric car that's coming. I mean, competition is coming. If it's not already here, that gives you no pause? You're right, because uh, I remember all the Zune
2: media players I bought after Apple released um, the iPod. I also remember the enormous number of amazing smartphones I bought when the iPhone was launched. It's not what people do. You know, it tends to be the case that when you redefine expectations and you have a category leader and you have an indelible brand and a mark that people recognize, the easiest decision, let me be a little pejorative, the lazy decision, is to pick the winner and go with it. And in this case, there is a clear winner in electrification. It is done. That die has been cast. And so now the question is, can he build the infrastructure to deliver the demand? And if given time and if given patience, I believe he will, and I vote with my money, that he can do that. And everybody that bets against him can do that as well, but at what stake, really? Because it's not as if there's no downside protection for the stock. The people who short this company are so short-sighted because the number of companies that would come out of the woodwork, you don't think that Apple, with $200 billion of cash, backstops this company and has a chance to enter a trillion-dollar market overnight by buying that business if it gets imperiled in any way? Google, which already tried to buy it, wouldn't try to buy it again? I'd say it's a risk. So what are we betting against? We're betting against a cleaner earth because we don't like that. We like to suck in the carbon monoxide and the fumes from all these cars. We're betting against beautiful flat screens, beautiful ways in which to manage your experience inside the car because we don't like that. No, we're betting against whether
1: he can deliver what he says, the fundamentals of the company. That's what they're betting against. No,
2: no, that's not true. People are betting against his style. They don't like his style. It's not just that. It I mean, is come on, there's people.
1: there's smart people like Jim Chanos. He's a smart investor. He's not betting just on his style. Six,
2: Jim Chanos makes money once a decade. And while the market rips up, the guy just bleeds money, and he's never on CNBC. And every time something works, he's there for five minutes. Great for Jim Chanos. Fantastic as a hedge in a portfolio where you have 1% in a short fund. But the reality is being long equities makes sense. Being long innovation makes sense. Betting against entrepreneurs that are changing the world has never been a profitable endeavor. Why start now?
1: I'm sure Mr. Chanos is going to take issue with your numbers and some of your comments. And I'm so happy to post him. my returns against Chanos's anytime he wants. Right. We'll step away for a moment. Up next, widely followed tech investor Dan Niles making...
0: First of all, a uh, round of applause for Chamath. That was so <laughs> brilliantly handled. So many great lines in there. Just like ultimate <laughs> just comebacks. The Zune thing was great. I love the golf uh shot analogy at the beginning with regard to Elon and, but, but what I want to talk about here, so, you know, I don't talk a lot about Tesla stock on here or investing very much because I'm not, again, I'm not a shareholder and I don't really know that world very well. I'm, I'm, that's the honest answer. I, I, I it's not one of my strengths. So it's, it's, and, and honestly, it's not really a particular interest of mine either. Now, some of you might not care about that at all, but My point in playing that clip because it went around the Tesla community like wildfire this week is to show as you probably picked up on your own how anti Tesla some people can just blatantly be you know CNBC isn't MSNBC they're not Fox News they are a financial network and yet I doubt any of you out there would disagree you could hear the bias in Scott Wapner the host's voice and words there first he went after elon's character and then he couldn't refute any of chamath's points but it, it's just it was just it was unreal it was like the guy was on uh Chanos's payroll who's you know chenos is a notorious tesla short like one of the big name ones uh, and you heard you heard chamath just just ripping <laughs> ripping into, uh, just major, uh, sick burn on, uh, on Chanos there at the end. But, you know, and that's, so it's, you know, I want to dwell not as much on the negative with, with the host there, but just again, to come back and talk about how great Chamath was there, how, how, uh, impressive he was, you know, this is a guy who is a very big deal in the financial world, very big deal. So you know he's on the he's on the show, and it's he's not a small time guest. This, is, this guy's a big deal, and Chavez, he made eight minutes there. He made such a calm, factual, rational case for why he's bullish on Tesla. There was nothing sensational about his demeanor or his words. He wasn't ranting and raving and or throwing his arms around, gesticulating. The host there. Uh, Scott had had no answer, just no answer for it. It was a masterful segment by Chamath, and I I tell you, I had to, I felt compelled because the world's so full of negativity. I tweeted Chamath just to to let him know how much I appreciated how how well I thought he did on that segment. I hope he saw it. The guy's got a lot of followers. I don't know if he actually saw it, but you know y- you gotta just put it out, put the put the positivity out there, and and hope it uh, hope it it got into his eyeballs and maybe. Maybe, uh, made him feel good for a second, but, uh, but the the reality is again, this is what Tesla is up against in every single corner of the business world, the media, the, the other, the rest of the automotive industry, the, you know, it's, it's just the, the union thing, the, the, I mean, wall street, it's, uh, it's unreal. Every just resistance, massive coordinated, uh, intense, often, uh, fiction based resistance from every corner of the business world. It's, it's just unbelievable. Now, if you're thinking, Hey Ryan, you know, I think you might want to take off the tinfoil hat here. Hey, maybe you're right. You know, maybe you're right. But there's one other interesting element to this story. And I alluded to it before I played the clip. The reason that it went around the community wasn't so much because of Scott Wapner or even because of Chamath, although that was he was great. But the reality is CNBC took that video off of its website and then kept blocking it when people tried to re-upload the, the full uned, unedited clip. And when they finally, even Elon called it out on Twitter. And after that, they did post it themselves, but only on their website, not on YouTube. And it was an edited down version to remove some of Chama's comments there. So, it, it's just, again, it's crazy to me, even though, I mean, you, you, you think, hey, well, maybe I should be used to it by now, but it's I think it's not okay to normalize this stuff. We've got to keep, keep calling it out as bad and crazy and not right and not normal, but this is what Tesla's up against every single day. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, as Chamath wisely points out in that segment, the product, the Teslas, the cars, the product is simply too good. That is why Tesla keeps winning despite these constant gale force headwinds that are constantly in their face. You know, I think back to John DeLorean. For those of you maybe that are newer listeners, you didn't hear episode one, you haven't been with me, maybe you don't know. I, I used to own a Delorean. I uh, I had it for 12 years. It was my dream car as a kid. From when I saw Back to the Future, that was it. That was the car that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And I was so lucky that they were uh, relatively low cost enough. Not I mean they really were in hindsight. What I what I paid for it uh, when I got it. They, they were and they still are. They're not like million dollar cars by any stretch of the imagination. So you know I was so lucky I got to have one for a while. And so I, you know, I'm very familiar with the world of DeLorean. And uh, in fact, DeLorean is in a roundabout way, how I came to Tesla. Uh, that's, I guess, I guess tell you the, I guess the super quick version of the story is uh, I used to be part of the the Northern California DeLorean owners group. I mean, I still am just not as an owner. And uh, when I, when I heard, I learned about Tesla, I heard about it. I was like, oh, there's this new company that is, oh, they're making, they got an electric, all-electric sports car, and they're, oh, they're based here in the Bay Area? That's interesting. And oh, they're, oh, like, you know, DeLorean had a partnership with Lotus, and they were built in the UK, and Northern Ireland, and wow, Tesla is, they've got a part, they, they uh, Lotus builds the gliders for the roadsters, and they're both American startups that were both trying to do things in a newer, better, different way, in DeLorean's case, safety was a big priority, the car being stainless steel so that it wouldn't, it would outlive its owner and not be just another cog in the machine of planned obsolescence, which was the hallmark of Detroit automotive technology and and business in the 70s and and early 80s. And there were just these bizarre little similarities. And so when I, I, I reached out to Tesla on a whim and uh, and I got Daisy. What's the matter? It's okay. Come on over here. Sorry, she's. <laughs> Why are you crying? All right, the next break, I'll I'll take you out. Anyway, uh, I reached out to Tesla and said, Hey, I'd love to maybe do a, a coordinate a DeLorean Club event at your your one and only showroom, which also included a back separate building where the gliders from Lotus would come in and the battery packs would come in uh, from I think might have been like taiwan or maybe i guess that, was it still panasonic back then i don't recall anyway and they would they would mate the the power electronics and the battery packs so the cars finish assembly and then deliver them to customers and and uh they they kindly had us in and we had a great turnout there were 17 deloreans there at that event that day that was more than we ever had at any other event ever and afterwards, I wrote them to thank them and say, gosh, thank you guys so much. They they had us in. They gave us the tour. They spent a lot of time with us. And they wrote back and said, would you like to come and uh, take a drive in the Roadster? And so I said, yes. <laughs> and from there, as soon as I drove the Roadster, that was my aha moment. And I never looked back. And it, it took me many years to own my own Tesla. But here I am. Anyway, um, the point of all that is to say that... I am very familiar with the DeLorean story as I am with the Tesla story now. And that's where I say that Tesla keeps winning despite these just massive headwinds. Because John DeLorean, his story, and the DeLorean Motor Company, John, John beat himself. He defeated himself. Uh, That's a much longer story. There's a movie coming out uh, this June that's sort of a, half documentary, half like dramatic reenactment thing starring Alec Baldwin as DeLorean. And uh it's it looks very interesting and it's called Framing DeLorean. And it looks like it's it's got it's like interviews with her. anyway, that's for another podcast, I guess. <laughs> for the DeLorean show that I haven't started yet. Anyway, uh yeah, you know, DeLorean beat himself. DeLorean didn't have the type of forces working against him that Tesla does now. And and yet Tesla still survives and thrives. And it's it's incredible. It's just incredible. Tesla has it so much harder than DeLorean ever did. But again, the, the products are so good, bringing it back around to Chamath's original point and really main thesis. The cars are so good, the product's so good that Tesla is succeeding despite everybody being against them and trying to, trying to uh, change the narrative against them into the negative at every single turn. It's unreal. Anyway, on a related topic, remember on the Q1 earnings call recap episode last week when Elon talked about being open to raising capital to uh, doing a, a, an offering? Well, they've done it this week. It is for $2 billion, and it is out there. Uh, The autonomy day, it seems to me now, that autonomy day, which was for investors, clearly in hindsight now was a way to provide the investor confidence needed for this. And in fact, Elon alluded to that on a private call with investors. He said, uh, this is, quote, Musk confidently told investors on the call that autonomous driving will transform Tesla into a company with a $500 billion market cap. So not much to add to that other than to say that here's hoping it does give Tesla the, the financial cushion and the additional financial resources that it needs to execute on its plan that that I believe in and that that really all everybody listening to this believes in and supports. Well, a big part of the plan moving forward for Tesla is, of course the Gigafactory and establishing more of them to drive costs down and and keep cell production, battery cell production up to keep the supply enough to meet the the demand. Gigafactory three in Shanghai is well underway. And in fact, uh, what I'm about to tell you here is that Shanghai Gigafactory three is progressing at an incredible rate. And this is not an exaggeration. Teslarati, via a Chinese publication called The Global Times, reports, quote, local news agency The Global Times paid a visit to Gigafactory 3 last week where the publication was able to get some information about the project from one of the workers in the facility. According to the Gigafactory 3 worker who opted to remain anonymous, the facility is on track to start building electric cars as early as September, notably ahead of of Tesla CEO Elon Musk's estimate, end quote. So to be fair, that could mean test production, that could mean real production. We don't know, and it's probably too early to tell. But if you follow Tesla stuff on Twitter at all, you've probably seen the almost daily updates that seem to go up both in picture and video form. And the reason that the updates are daily is because every single day when you wake up, the thing looks totally different. The skeleton is is moving right along. They're, they've got a roof on the place. It's unbelievable. Apparently, it is on track to quite possibly break China's record for the fastest, quote, industrial-grade facility construction project ever, which currently stands at that. The current record is 17 months to completion. But remember... Remember Elon's previous comments about production in China at Gigafactory 3. They're going to be focused on cranking out standard range and standard range plus model threes, which of course are all the same cars from a manufacturing perspective. I mean, it, it makes sense, you know, given that they're going to be, they, they of course have to scale up. They just can't hit the ground running at 5,000 cars a week. Remember the plan is to get up, hopefully get up to 1,000 cars per week by the end of the year. Uh, so, you know, they'll be able to build a whole lot more 50 kilowatt battery hour cars than they can 75s, in, you know, the long range and the dual motor variants with, with the, as they initially ramp up. And, and they'll have, I'll tell you, they've got about, thankfully, they are so ahead that they're going to end up having roughly nine to 12 months or so in order to get up to speed And then they should, at that point, hopefully be able to hit the ground running on Model Y production when Tesla's ready to build those next fall. So exciting times ahead for Tesla's uh, growing global footprint there. Meanwhile, good news in Canada. Let's continue our trip around the world. A quick note here. Tesla clearly wagging its finger at the Canadian government for setting its electric vehicle rebate up so that it excluded the Model 3. You may remember me talking about that story a month or two back. It is offering Tesla is offering a 150-kilometer range Model 3, just so that they can squeak under the MSRP limit in order to qualify for the five thousand Canadian dollar rebate. So if you're doing a double take right now and be like, "Wait a minute, 150 kilometers," yeah, you are right to to uh, do that double take. So the conversion for those of us in America, that is 93 miles, that is a 93 mile car. So it's obviously software locked. Uh, Basically Tesla doesn't want you to have that. You can order it if you really want to and then uh, software unlock the rest of the range or more preferably the standard range plus is actually able to be sold at regular price and it still qualifies for the rebate because the rules of this rebate program state that the base model has to be under a certain price, but any, any options or things that you add don't count against the limit. So you can get, you can load up autopilot, uh, you know, white interior, if you wanted all that stuff. So the standard range plus is good to go. Or again, you can pay to unlock the full range potential of the 150 kilometer slash 93 mile car. Later on. So, very good news there for Canadian standard range plus Model 3 buyers. Just a couple more quick notes this week. Uh, one is that a, a smaller demand lever is being pulled by Tesla right now. From right now through May 27th, so the, the bulk of this month, Tesla is offering 5,000 miles of free supercharging. Uh, for new orders that are, that, you know, use a referral code, which the referring person also gets. That's up from the 1,000 miles that it had been offering since the relaunch of the referral program. And I have to tell you, I like this better than the six months of unlimited supercharging that they were offering last year, because you know, in my opinion, I think most people probably wouldn't use 5,000 miles worth in six months anyway, no matter what they were doing. So this way, you can use those miles anytime. So if you're going to take a, say, 2,000 mile road trip this summer, and maybe another one over the holidays in in the fall slash winter, you'll be able to get full value out of that perk rather than you know, maybe a thousand or two miles in the, in a six month window. So again, on that, make sure if you are going to order a car and this applies to anyone, anywhere, uh, UK, China, uh, Europe or the U S North America, Canada, make sure you use somebody's referral code. Cause now you have 5,000 miles on the table for you. If you're ordering 5,000 free miles worth of supercharging, Again, please consider my code a last resort. Find if you've got a friend, family member, coworker that uh, whose whose code you can use. Get your get both of you the the miles. But if you don't have any other Tesla owners in your life, uh, I you you're welcome to use mine again as a, as a last resort. So you order from the link, which is ts.la slash ryan seven three zero one four. But hopefully. You've got another person in mind that you can use, but uh, yeah, that is a nice perk. Five thousand miles—that's a lot of supercharging miles. That's almost across the United States and back. That's a yeah. It's about eighty percent of that trip of of going across country from San Francisco to New York and back. So that's pretty darn cool. That's a that's a nice nice bonus right there. And finally, this week, Tesla pushed out new safety features to the Model Three fleet late this week, in fact, yesterday, as I record this, Thursday, Thursday night, even with the Model S and Model X to follow suit very soon. And those features are lane departure avoidance and emergency lane departure avoidance. They are designed to, as you'd imagine, help keep you in your lane. And, uh, you know, those are self-explanatory, but just a quick, a quick note here. Again, this is what rocks about Tesla. One of many things. Your car not only gets better after delivery with new features, how many, how many new features, if you took delivery on January 1st of this year, you've already gotten in four months a whole bunch of cool new features. So your car not only gets better after delivery with new features, your car gets safer since you bought it. Think about that for just a second. Your car is safer now has more safety features than when you bought it. That's awesome. That is just so cool. I love it. Hats off to Tesla and the Tesla team. That is great stuff. All right, that's the end of the news segment for this week. I'm going to come right back. Got a full complement of Ride the Lightning hotline calls from you guys, all queued up and ready to go. Stay tuned for that right after this. time for the ride the lightning hotline it's your time to shine your questions your comments your discussion topics you can call in anytime one of two easy ways either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and record your question please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less and send that to me via email at teslapodcast at gmail.com Alternatively, you can do the same thing, try to keep the call to 90 seconds or so, and you can actually call into the Ride the Lightning hotline. You're just calling and leaving a message to the toll-free number, which is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's one 888 989 TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com. To learn more, let's start down in Australia with Eric, a uh, caller we've heard from before. He wanted to comment on the Autonomy Day
3: that I covered last week. Eric, you're on the air. Thank you, Ryan. It's Eric Levin from Australia. I hope you had a wonderful holiday and you are back fully energized. We missed your show, although your stand-in show last week was very enjoyable, so I don't mind that again a couple of times a year, as you said. I just wanted to make a quick comment on... uh, full self-driving event, Elon mentioned that the cars will probably not have any manual controls once the full self-driving comes into effect, which is perfectly understandable for carting people around streets and using it as a taxi service. However, there will no doubt be times where you want to put the car in the places where the autopilot just doesn't understand what you want to do. And I think some manual input may well be necessary Perhaps we can remove the pedals and the steering wheel and replace them with a small joystick that disappears maybe into the dash. You can call it out when you need it, and it could be speed limited to maybe 20 or 30 kilometers per hour, or perhaps geo-fenced so that you can't use it on public streets. Love to hear your thoughts on that. Love your show. Great to have you back. Thanks, man. This is a
0: fair point, Eric, and thank you for the kind words, by the way. It seems like there are just so many million edge cases that deleting the wheel and pedals feels like an impossible step, but Elon sounded so, at least to me, sounded so nonchalant about it, and he's obviously looking at this stuff every day, that they must be planning for just about everything. I do agree that there might need to be some way to manually override a car without that doesn't have any inputs in it, if, if necessary. You know, some sort of plug-in could work. I mean, heck, the military uses Xbox controllers to guide missile systems, I think. They got, they've they used it for something. I think it's missile systems. So maybe, you know, may, maybe literally an Xbox controller could do it, hooked into a PC that's at the Tesla mothership, tapped into the car. I don't know. You know, tre- It'd be like a game of and Motorsport, the most realistic game ever. But, uh, or, you know, thinking, trying to think of another way, maybe... Maybe Tesla could tap into the car's cameras and and uh, control it, you know, totally remotely if if necessary. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what the contingency plans are for for a particularly quirky situation that a that a steering wheel and pedalless self-driving Tesla might somehow find itself in. Anthony from Los Angeles is up next. He has some comments on Tesla's Q1 loss that was covered. Last week on the earnings call recap, Anthony, go ahead. Hey, Ryan,
4: this is uh, Anthony from uh, Los Angeles.
0: I just thought uh, I had to call
4: in because you know I'm seeing the tweets about Tesla's 700 what million dollars uh, uh, lost uh, from Q1, and I just I mind blown. I I feel like with this uh what Tesla with this S and X announcement you know with the, the new drivetrain this new 370 uh, you know mark I feel like this is you know I feel like this is a uh, uh, maybe a uh, something to calm down the uh, the investors uh, because of the you know the S and X selling horribly, and I just wanted to get your thought on this. Is this you know w- was this pushed out early? Was it this upgraded S and X was this pushed out early? You know maybe maybe this was done, but not the exterior redesign, and so they just like decided let's push out the the uh, you know the drivetrain upgrade and, and the suspension and all that stuff. Should we push it out now to calm down investors, and then you know we'll push back. The exterior redesigns. Um, I, you know, I feel like uh, these happening within 24 hours. There just has to be some, you know, some correlation here. And, and I just wanted to get your thought on that. But uh, anyways, I love the show, Ryan. Um, and you're the best man.
0: Uh, yeah. It's not an entirely unreasonable hypothesis, Anthony. You know, to be fair, Tesla can't just flip a switch and do this stuff overnight. You know, they've been planning for it much longer than when they knew that Q1 was going to be a tough quarter. I would bet on that. That said, we can't necessarily rule out the possibility that these efficiency and suspension updates were going to be part of a full or at least a bigger redesign and maybe they did pull it in earlier into Q1 or I guess sorry, Q2. Sorry. Uh when they realized that the SNX sales were slumping a bit and it was going to be a bumpy quarter so uh you know it's also possible that we could switch out one word from your call switch interior for every time you said exterior and that could also be plausible we'll see if tesla makes it through the rest of the year without a major update to either the interior the exterior or both i'm very very curious to see how the s and the x particularly the s since it's older progresses here. Thank you for your call. Kevin from Dublin, a first-time caller, wants to comment on UK pricing now that uh, that has been opened up. So, Kevin, welcome to the show.
5: Hi, Ryan. Kevin uh, here from Dublin, Ireland, a big fan of the show, and this was my first time calling in. Um, With the recent release of the right-hand drive configuration tool for the UK, I contacted my local Tesla showroom to inquire about Irish prices. I was told that the standard range plus price will be €49,000, which is the equivalent of around fifty five thousand US dollars This €49,000 includes a government grant of about €5,000 on the purchase of new Irish EVs. I'm a big Tesla fan, but I feel it's as important to highlight their failings as well as their successes. $55,000, in my opinion, is not an affordable car. Uh, I think Elon has failed to meet its targets for a mass market affordable EV car which is especially annoying for us in Ireland because we have to wait two years uh, since the release of the car to e- even configure a Model 3. To say that myself and other Irish Tesla fans are disappoint- disappointed is an understatement. Um, anyway, keep up the good work. I'll keep listening in the hopes that prices come down as my two-year reservation won't be used anytime soon. Thanks.
0: Can I start off by saying that I adore Dublin. Dublin is one of the cities. One of the few European cities I've had the good fortune of spending some time in, uh, talking about the, my DeLorean history earlier in the show, I was in Ireland for 10 days as part of a uh, DeLorean 20th anniversary celebration back in 2001. Now, the cars were built in Dunmurray, which is outside of Belfast. I flew in to Dublin, however, and I went with a, a DeLorean owner friend of mine from back east. And we were gonna stay in Dublin for like a couple days, and then head up for the rest of the ten day trip to Belfast. And we loved, we loved Dublin so much. We ended up staying there the entire time, except the DeLorean event for like the three days that was going. So we ended up doing like seven days in Dublin and three up in uh, Belfast. Dublin is just tremendous. the The Guinness Brewery tour was so awesome, and the. The like Jetson style round, big like round uh, glass window bar that you get, you go up to at the very end of the tour and you get a fresh pint and you can see the whole city. Cause there's, or at least there was back then, like a, there was an ordinance, I believe that regulated it, limited the height of, of buildings. So you didn't have any giant skyscrapers, just stunning. What a beautiful city. What a fun time. Actually also the place where I had my first legal drink. Had a pint of Guinness because uh, I was there, I was 20. I was turning 21 later that year. And the drinking age there is what, I guess 18, I think it is. Uh, and yeah, went into a, I was like, well, I got to do it while I'm here. And <laughs> there you go. I, I love Dublin. Anyway, Kevin, uh, I'm very happy to hear from you. And I am. I will say, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that it's under these circumstances. You know, I'm not sure why Tesla's priced the cars the way they did for Ireland. And I want to make clear that, I don't even pretend to understand their reasoning, but this is one of those times for me where I'm gonna say something I've said here before, and that is that, again, for me, Tesla has earned the benefit of the doubt. As it applies to this case, I have to imagine that there is a good reason for the price being what it is. Tesla has never shown, in my opinion, never shown any intention of trying to maximize profits or stick it to their customers in any in any general way, shape, or form. So I'm not sure what the full story is here, but I'm confident that we don't know the whole story. So uh, Kevin, I hope you're able to get your Model 3 soon, one way or the other, and thanks so much for calling in. Let's go to John in Toronto. Uh, wanted to talk about a, a peculiar thing on his Model 3 compared to some others that he has seen. So John, go ahead.
6: Hey Ryan, it's John from Toronto. Second time calling in. Uh, great podcast as always. I have a question for you. On my Model 3 all-wheel drive dual motor, or sorry, long range uh, car, I got in October of last year. I noticed that the UV coating is only on the driver's side, passenger side, right above me. Um, and when it's raining, I noticed that uh, that's, you know, coming up with a nice, goldy, rusty color. But the back passenger uh, roof of my Tesla does not have that UV goldy color. So it looks like it's just a, uh, a, a very dark tint. Um, I have noticed that on other Model 3 cars, that UV glow is coming from their back Windows as well, and not sure why mine isn't doing that. So maybe you can uh, give me a hint as to why I've got this situation, and others have uh, the full UV coating on top of their roof. So that's it. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.
0: John, I am indeed familiar with this phenomenon. You are not the only one affected. Many Model 3s up into the summer 2018 builds, and well, uh, beyond that, actually, starting there, have. Both have either maybe uh, one or the other of the glass roof pieces with the tint that turns reddish when it's wet. Um, most of the early cars, meaning kind sort of up through summer, basically that first year of production, which I come in at the tail end of, uh, have both roof pieces have that reddish tint. So there seemed to be a... I don't even know if it's fair to call it a window of time where this has happened, or if it's just sort of a hit and miss thing now, seemingly based on, it's got to be a multiple supplier thing for Tesla, multiple glass suppliers. So where one or the other doesn't have the reddish tint on it. Now, according to Reddit discussions at the time, and again, I'm talking last summer here when this first popped up and people were noticing it, folks would contact Tesla and get told, that, it was, that the glass has the same UV protection. It was just made differently and didn't have that reddish tint to it when it got wet. So apparently it's totally fine. There's nothing faulty. There's nothing lacking about the glass that doesn't have the reddish tint to it. You don't need to request a replacement of any sort. So I hope that helps. Hope that helps us clear up the mystery just a little bit. I'm going to go now to Charles in Phoenix has some questions uh now that his first summer in phoenix is coming up with his tesla so i'm well familiar with phoenix summers charles you're on the air
7: hi there this is charles kendall from phoenix arizona uh i was calling because uh it's gonna be my first summer here with the tesla and as it started to heat up i uh have that setting so that the ac kicks on every time it gets above 104 degrees uh so I've asked a few places, and I keep getting conflicting answers. Um, should I leave that on uh, throughout the summer here in Phoenix? Because that would be pretty much all the time. Like uh, The thing is, I'm not too worried about heating it up before I get in, because I can just do that from the app. But is it actually protecting the electronics on the inside of the car? If that's the case, then I'll go ahead and, and leave it, and I'll just plug it in as much as I as much as i can and that's pretty much it uh it's first time calling and i've been listening for a while thanks bye
0: hi charles welcome to the podcast and thank you for your call well the cars are designed to operate normally including all their electronics like i'm sure you're thinking about you know the screen and the battery pack they're all designed to operate normally in pretty extreme temperatures either way hot or cold so the short answer is you don't have to worry about it. It's good of you to think about, but I've got plenty of listeners in Arizona, uh, as well as family members, who could call in and reassure you, by the way, a note to my Arizona friends, no need to do that unless you've got any specific advice for Charles. You know, my cousin Pat, who I mentioned from time to time, he's had his Model S for six years now. And while his is garaged at home, It obviously spends plenty of time out there in the heat. He's totally fine. His car is totally fine. You know, any car in Arizona, I speak from personal experience. Remember, uh, just, I don't know why the DeLorean theme seems to be uh, threading through this episode, but so be it. I owned a DeLorean in Arizona for a few years before I moved here, and I drove it every day. And that thing was, remember, stainless steel body and toll booth windows, which means they were little tiny window cutouts the whole window in the door didn't go down it was just the way the door was cut the way the door was shaped only just this little tiny thing where you could stick your arm out they were called toll booth windows because they were big enough to roll down of course they were power windows so it was like boop and <laughs> the thing was down in two seconds stick your arm out and they're you know in the 80s went back when we had toll booths that you would actually have to throw money into you reach your arm out and throw your money into the toll bo- into the wind into the basket so hence the name toll booth windows so anyway uh i had the the stainless steel toll booth window delorean uh so i'm i'm very very familiar with uh how hot a car can get in arizona between the months of basically may and september no matter what you're doing so the teslas are designed for it they're built for it drive it and enjoy it without worry charles Stefan from Monterey is up next, and he's uh, got a windshield issue. See if I can help him out. Stefan, you're on the air.
8: Hey Ryan, Stefan from Monterey. I wanted to let you know that I'm finding myself in the same situation as you were in not too long ago regarding the windshield of my Tesla Model 3. I picked up a rock which caused a little chip and because of the heat, developed into a long crack along the whole front of my windshield. It's almost across the whole thing. And I went to my local meal authorized service center, filed the whole claim with the insurance. That wasn't the problem. But Tesla doesn't have any windshields. I called Tesla customer service and indeed they they don't know when they're going to get them in. They're having a supply issue with uh, with the supplier of the windshields and they couldn't even give me a time frame. So it's really frustrating. So when I heard you talking about your story, I thought, well, I'm glad I, I didn't find myself in that position. And here I am actually in that position. It's really disappointing. So now I really can sympathize with what you went through. So I'll keep you posted. Thanks. Bye.
0: Hi, Stefan. Two quick things I want to say about this. First, we heard Elon talk not too long ago about service and parts being his number one priority, and they're getting parts into service centers. So Let's hope that that's happening sooner rather than later to help alleviate these exact kind of situations. Second, I have one piece of advice for you if you haven't tried this already. Log into your Tesla account, go into your car, and click on Manage next to your car, and then click on Request Help. Choose Body Shop from the drop-down menu, and then summarize your situation, ask for some help, politely, respectfully. In my experience, that will get seen by someone. That's going to create an email that's going to get sent to an email alias that is checked by human beings. And hopefully that'll help get things jump-started for you. Good luck to you. Dave from here in San Francisco uh, has a question about supercharging.
1: Dave, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Dave from San Francisco again. I'm getting to be a regular caller here. Hey, uh, I'm sitting here in an EV event in uh, San Francisco at City College, and we have a question for you about lifetime supercharging. Does it stay with the car if you sell it? And was there ever a time where you could, if you had lifetime charging, you could transfer it to a new car? I told this other Tesla owner that I didn't think that was ever a, a possibility, but he says, call Ryan and find out. So that's what he did. Okay. Love your podcast. Ciao.
0: Short but sweet answer for you here, Dave. You are right. It follows the car and not the owner. It's for the life of the car, but sadly you cannot take it with you to another Tesla. So all the best to you, Dave. Jim from New Jersey wants to talk about the auto sensing wipers right now. So Jim, let's hear it. Hey, Ryan, how
7: you doing? This is Jim Polak over in Fairhaven, New Jersey.
0: With the um,
4: Tesla having automatic windshield wipers, what do you think of detecting that it's raining and you're not in the car and the window's automatically
7: going up? Just wanna know your thoughts. Thank you.
0: Jim, a short and sweet call that gets straight to the point. I like that. And by the way, I agree with you. That seems like a nice toggle to be able to set in the UI so that you could have the car do that if you wanted to, but leave it off if for whatever reason you'd rather not have the car roll up the windows in that situation so hey hopefully the tesla team out there hears your call and adds it onto the feature list michael from wyoming two calls left so the penultimate caller is michael from wyoming and he has a suggestion for autopilot that i quite like so let's hear from michael
9: hey ryan michael from wyoming calling Uh, Just listened to your latest episode on uh, the autonomy presentation. Thought it was really great. Uh, I enjoyed watching it as well. Um, Something I've been hung up on for a couple weeks now uh, is the whole pothole scenario that you talked about. Um, You know, I I think this is the one case where, you know, and maybe there's some others, where it'd be nice if Tesla considered these, you know, semi-static road obstacles um, and plugged it into the database so that, you know, if I'm a driver and, you know, there's lots of potholes that we all hit that we try our best to avoid. And I can't help but think that the full self-driving is going to have some of those issues as well. You know, autopilot has those today and why should I hit it? And then every car behind me hit it, including the Teslas that are on the network, you know, somehow there needs to be a way to consider those events and help the rest of the fleet and others to to avoid those potholes that are really hard to avoid just visually, you know, if it's programmed into a database and they know it's coming up, they can easily drift, you know, to one side or the other to avoid it. Um, I think, you know, it'd be a nice thing to kind of build up as this pothole database and potentially share with municipalities so that we had this sort of tracking of the most impactful, road damage that they could prioritize because these are the ones that we can't seem to avoid. And, you know, what a benefit to everyone that would be to, you know, not damage so many tires and wheels. Um, you know, I think some of the worst ones out there probably go through thousands of tires and wheels before, you know, they actually get fixed. So anyway, those are my thoughts. I mean, I think the direction is really great. I just, you know, kind of hope they take, you um, some learnings from you know, outside of the internal network and do some more connected to um, the wider public with, with something like this or, or other ideas.
0: Thanks a lot, take care, bye. I couldn't agree with you more, Michael. Based on what we heard from Andre Karpathy about machine learning and teaching the neural net, there's gotta be a way for the cars to be taught what a pothole generally looks like. And then program it to maybe follow, again, I don't know anything here, so I'm sort of talking off off the cuff, but maybe program it to follow some sort of protocol of either moving left, if the car detects that there's no one else around, or moving right, if there's someone on the left, or maybe as a last resort, you just have to go over it if there's no other safe option to maneuver around it. I mean, if the neural net can be taught all kinds of weird stuff, like they were talking about, then potholes seem like a solvable problem. Uh, By the way, I also love your idea about sharing that pothole database with municipalities to try and expedite pothole repair. You are being super smart and super civic-minded about that. So great stuff, Michael. Thank you so much. And our last call this week, last but most certainly not least, Ken in California wanted to comment on the Standard Range slash Standard Range Plus Model 3. Go ahead, Ken.
7: Ryan, it's Ken in California. Just a thought on the discussion on the Standard Range Model 3 and the Standard Range Plus. It's pretty clear to me that they're probably going to drop the Standard Range Model 3 and replace it with the Standard Range Plus and make the Standard Range Plus the $35,000 Model 3 soon as they can afford to do that just getting their costs down it's going to take a little bit
3: so
0: uh, i think that's what's happening thanks i hadn't really thought about it that way ken good point elon did say that the standard range will be sticking around but he didn't say in what form because they can redefine what the standard range means anytime they want i mean once tesla as you pointed out can afford to make the standard range plus the standard they may very very well Do just that. I think you're onto something there. Great call. Thank you so much, Ken. Way to take us home. Again, if you would like to participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline, I welcome it. I invite it. I would love to hear from you. Give me a call either by using your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and emailing me your 90-second or so or less call to tesla podcast at gmail.com or just call in anytime day or night and leave a message on the toll-free ride the lightning hotline the number again for that 1-888-989-8752 be right back with some thoughts on uh, the not so great week that i had in the spirit of adventure and uh, final thoughts for you right after this Oh, real quick, I meant to mention this at the end of the Ride the Lightning Hotline segment because one of the regular callers, Matorsion from Toronto, just wanted to say congratulations to you on taking delivery of your new Model 3. That is fantastic. All right, as for the spirit of adventure, what I've been up to, I guess I shouldn't have maybe phrased it quite. It wasn't that bad of a week, but get this, I had another nail in the tire technically it was a screw this time and it was seemingly in a perfectly patchable relatively good place if you're going to get a nail it was just right in the middle of the tread like right in the middle of the tire not near the sidewall at all uh i take it in for service i'd made an appointment took about i guess it was about a week wait to get the appointment i was losing basically when i came back from my vacation Uh, I, I had a, I was down a few PSI on the right rear tire. I said, okay, well, that's not a great sign. Uh, I went ahead, topped it up, uh, with a compressor at home and then like, "Eh, I better check this thing. And sure enough, found the screw like pretty embedded, pretty good in there. It's like, oh, here we go again. So I'm expecting, I make the service appointment expecting to just hopefully get it patched 50 bucks be on my way. Well, I take it in service, uh, advisor comes out and and says oh uh sorry to have to to tell you this but it was in the patched tire so you know they can't i guess for safety reasons or structural integrity reasons i'm not sure which maybe both they don't patch more than once so if you get it if you if you take a nail to a patched tire they replace the tire so uh it just figures because You know, as you guys, know, I've, I've already, I've had to replace one tire because it had two, it took two nails and then, uh, I had a, another nail that was patched. And so that's where I stood. It was, this was my fourth nail in eight months and all four, four, four nails in two tires. You know, it's basically, I rolled snake eyes on the craps table. If you know, the luck could have been where I got one nail in each tire and I wouldn't have had to replace any tires; they'd just all be patched, and it would have saved me a bunch of money. But no, now I'm in my—I've had to replace two tires in 10,000 miles. When I was talking to a service tech as I was getting in my car to leave, who's just you know little idle chat. I just was grousing to him, you know, very politely. I was just like, "Oh man, this is the second tire I've had to replace." And he goes like straight faces, like referring to. San Francisco streets and the battle of San Francisco streets, uh, and the nails in them versus car tires and Tesla specifically seemingly, you know, at least for him, he goes, it's a war zone out there. And (laughs) it was just like, yeah, my car's losing for four nails and two tires being replaced. Cause what happened was, uh, I didn't actually know, which tire was the patched tire because since that patch came in, I had the tires rotated. So I just didn't know where it was anymore because it was the front left tire. And so now I know it went to the back right tire. Uh, And so, yeah, as luck would have it like, Oh man. So there's another 400 bucks and Tesla themselves doesn't offer the, uh, the road hazard warranty tire rack does. I talked about that last time. So I almost feel like what I have to, what I'm going to have to do now, starting now is if I, if, and when I take another puncture, another sharp object to my, one of my tires is if it's not, if it's one where I can put air in, you know, if it's a slow enough leak, I think I might have to start just ordering tires from tire rack have them shipped i mean either to my house or even to the tesla service center uh and and just like maybe keep them around with the warranty on them (laughs) because because otherwise it's just going to be an endless churn with tesla and i'll never have the the road hazard warranty it's just unbelievable i I gotta i gotta buy stock in michelin because the p3d takes michelin tires uh, I got, I'm, I got to buy some stock in that speaking of, you know, talking about stocks earlier in the show and the fact that I, I don't know much about them, but my goodness, it's just a uh, go figure it's almost, you can't help but laugh. Right. I mean, it's just like, my goodness. Um, the cool thing though, that I'll mention real quick, a couple of neat sort of unicorn type sightings at the San Francisco service center when I was there, Uh, An original Roadster spotted one of those at the service center, which even around here, even in the Tesla bubble that is the Bay Area, I don't see too many original Roadsters running around because remember there were only 2,500 of them made. So even here, there are relatively speaking a large number of them, but it's still a small overall number. So I don't see too many of them. It's good. Always good to see a Roadster. And then the other thing I saw, which I had literally, i have never seen with my own eyes before. It was cool. Right as I was about to get in my car to pull away with my new tire, uh, in came the Saline Model S. So if you're familiar with Saline, they do. They're like a well-renowned house that does like really professional big modifications to cars. They'll tweak the, the exterior, the interior, and then the engine, the suspension, you know, they just, they like just basically will put a car on, on steroids, you know, and they did a model S this was several years ago now. And they did one. And I I actually didn't realize that they had sold any of them. And I don't say that in a, in an insulting way. I just, I thought that it was just a one-off like a, like a, a concept almost that they did, but no, evidently they sold them. It was a black one, had some, you know, the body work was pretty nice. I didn't really get a look at the interior. The owner was literally pulling in and I had, I was pulling out or about to pull out. And um, yeah, and I know that I had read about it when it came out. I know they tweaked the, the battery and the motor output somehow. But um, what was interesting about it is, unlike other cars that Saline does, tesla themselves blew away the performance of the saline car which of course had a pretty massive i don't remember the exact uh markup in price you know that i don't want i don't know what the saline cost you back in the day but tesla themselves blew away the saline version's performance like months if not weeks after saline introduced that car but it was still cool to see like i said i didn't realize that any of them actually got made so that was a that was definitely a rare sight to see. Uh, our tip of the week this week comes to us from our friend Jerome up in Lake County, California. Uh, has a supercharging tip. Go ahead, Jerome.
6: Hey Brian, it's Jerome up here in Northern California, Lake County. Uh, I thought I would give a shot at one of the pro tips, possibly. I just encountered on my Model S um, a situation where my supercharger cable was a little bit stretched tight. And so when I tried to release it from the car, it wouldn't slide out. And I tried pushing it in a little further, which then released it to pull it out. So I don't know if that's a pro tip, but it certainly uh, is not something that's intuitive. And so I throw it out there. Keep up the great work. Ciao
0: that does happen so thank you jerome for that tip and again if you've got a pro tip for your tesla any of them sx3 even original roadster fire it my way something that you have found out about your car that is uh, not super obvious that you might want to share with others you can send it in the same way that you send in a phone call which i gave you the instructions for earlier in the show uh so that brings us to the end of the podcast I want to start by mentioning the coupon code running for abstractocean.com, an awesome place to get accessories for your Tesla and you as well. Whether it's a tempered glass screen protector, a vinyl uh, wrap for maybe your center console or, or other various bits of the car, the TESLA lettering on the trunk lid on the back of the Model 3 if you want to go a little roadster style. Back there, all kinds of neat stuff. Check them out. Browse around, pile up your cart, and then use the coupon code RTL Podcast, all one word, RTL Podcast at checkout to get fifteen percent off of your first order if you're a first-time customer. There. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, the one of the Bay Area's absolute premier detailers. They take great care of me. It's uh, it's been a, an honor and a pleasure to. To have Jeff uh, make my car look at literally as good as it possibly can, uh, I'm so I'm so happy to have gotten to know him professionally and personally a little bit too. Just a, a great guy. That's the thing. It's like that's why I decided to, you know, uh, to kind of partner up with him here and have him, you know, give I uh, give him the mentions on the show. Just he's uh, he's a he's a good honest person and 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 does great work. So um, if you're in the Bay Area. With your car and you're looking for some detail work, uh, or maybe you're taking delivery at the factory and you know at that Fremont or or nearby. Jeff and Immaculate Reflections can take excellent care of you. Learn more at irdetailing.com. For Patreon, you know, that's the number one way to support the show. Totally optional if you want to, you know, to uh recognize the uh amount of effort and time and energy and love that goes into this podcast. All I ask of you is that you listen. Uh, that's what you're doing now, obviously. But if you do see fit to support me on Patreon, you can find information about that and all the different support, the the tiers and everything, all the little, and the little, uh, not prizes, but I guess perks that you that you get that I've got set up over there. You can learn more at my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And by the way, I reminded, or I've just, this This is a reminder, last month's Patreon exclusive bonus episode, which was just overflowing with calls after the Model Y event, uh, I had set that to go free for everyone on May 1st. So that is now, if you'd like to go listen to that, if you're not already uh, uh, backing me on Patreon, you can just go listen to that. It's on the Patreon page. You don't need a, 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 a an account or a membership or anything to go hear that. You just have to scroll down till you find uh, the, you'll see, Patreon-only bonus episode. I think it's number, gosh, I don't, actually don't even know which one it is, but it's the most recent one, the one from May. Although, it might not quite be the most recent one. My intention is to get the... May episode, so it was, yeah, it was the April episode that's gone free, and my intention is to get the May episode, the May Patreon bonus episode done this weekend, i.e. by the time any of you hear this. So look for that as well. And what else? Follow me on Twitter, DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram, if you're on there as well. Uh, I gave you my email address earlier, ah, the Jada wireless charging pad. If you're grabbing one of those for your Model 3, or uh, maybe you're upgrading, there's a, they've got the deal, the discount that which, which you should have uh, details on in your email. If you'd ordered the original version one, and now they got the version two. There's a discount, uh, co- like code, basically waiting for you if you want to upgrade. But if you're buying one, it's uh, yeah, don't have a discount on you for the for you on that. But it's a hundred bucks, and it's you buy it once, and then you have it in your car forever. I'm super satisfied with mine. It is, it is P3D launch proof. Your phone will not go flying. I can personally assure you of that. It does a great job charging the phone. It's just It's awesome. And it looks, for me, a big thing, it looks factory original. I'm very big on that. I like, if I'm going to do third party aftermarket stuff, I want it to look like it's a natural part of the car. It's just, just how I am. Uh, and it does fit that criteria. So, um, if you want to order one, you can. I would I kindly ask that you use this URL because the it's a referral link. Basically, they'll throw me a few bucks if you order it through this, which is getjada.com. That's J E D A for Jada. GetJada.com slash R E F slash eight. That is the address there. Finally, of course. The shout-out. Actually, uh, subscribe. I forgot to mention this last week. It's super easy to subscribe to this podcast. Again, that costs you nothing. It's totally free. It just means that the podcast will automatically push to you every week. You won't have to go and seek it out yourself. So you can subscribe on any of the major podcast services. That includes iTunes Podcasts. That includes Google Podcasts, Stitcher. There's TuneIn, which of course TuneIn is in your Tesla, so you can do it there. Spotify, I'm on that. I'm also I have a YouTube channel, which again, all it is, it's there's no video on there. It's just the audio feed of the show with the and the the image that's on the the uh, video is just the logo of the show. But if you prefer to listen to stuff on YouTube, it is there for you as well. Uh, or you can always grab stuff off of the the hosting site which is tesla L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. Time to shout out the Patreon producers, the extra kind folks who kindly support me at the producer tier, which means that among the perks they get, they get shouted out every week. So I want to say hi and thank you to DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy, Jeremy Harris, Tesla owners Taiwan, Rob Brewer, my Tesla Adventure, Ron Lee, Lambert Lee, Chris Knessnick, and John Cody. By the way, John happened to be in town. San Francisco on a whim this week. And he, he sent me a message says, is there any chance you can meet up? And he was kind enough to meet uh, me at uh, the, the local, the craft brewery that's right up the street from IGN where I work. And, uh, just what a wonderful guy, John. I, it was just an absolute pleasure meeting you. Uh, it's, I am so lucky. Every time I get to meet a listener, I I'm dead serious. I've never had a bad experience where I'm like, "Oh man, this is this is not going well or 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 you know, in any way like it's every time I've gotten to meet anybody that listens to this pod, that listens to this podcast, it's just been a treat. It's just so much fun to talk Tesla and I love hearing uh the different perspectives, you know, John is lives in Huntsville, Alabama, so it's like, you know, just hearing about his tesla life there versus you know my tesla life here in the you know <laughs> the, the tesla bubble let's let's be honest it's just it's cool to hear different experiences and and all the you know the common ground of how we each sort of came to tesla and uh, boy i chatted with john for an hour plus i could have gone on for a couple more hours but my wife would have been real mad if i hadn't come home for dinner but john real pleasure and also real quick I know the show is going long here, but a quick shout out to Greg from Florida, who I won't tell you the story, but I met Greg this week in one of the most random ways possible. It was it was extraordinarily random, but it was uh, it was really fun. Greg, super nice guy. He is a brand new Model S owner. Just got his Model S a couple weeks ago. So, Greg, nice to meet you, and congratulations on your new Tesla well that brings me to the end of the podcast uh, Daisy the boxer puppy you may have heard her stop whining uh, after after I guess it was after the hotline or before the hotline got her out she got to run around a little bit get the get the yayas out relieve herself now she is very adorably passed out on the couch because she's got one of her favorite toys it's like right between she's kind of got her paw her arm out leg out and the toy is like nestled between her arm and her and her the, her chin it's very cute it's very very cute so for a sleeping daisy the boxer puppy i'm ryan mccaffrey thank you all so much for your time for your attention uh your time as i always like to say is is in my opinion the most valuable thing that you have and i am flattered and grateful that you would give me uh, what has now become an hour and a half-ish. Last week was almost two hours. I figured out last week was the second longest show ever. There was one that was a little longer way back. I forget which one, but I, I I'll bet it was probably a quarterly earnings show, just like last week's was. But yeah, thanks for hanging in with me last week on the super long show, and and certainly this week, and and every week. Just it means a lot to me that you guys uh, that you guys listen and and give me your your time so generously so thank you all so much happy electric motoring and i'll see you next week
9: i mean i think a tesla it's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's. It's not exactly a car. It's actually
1: a thing to maximize enjoyment, mm. make its maximum fun.